Welcome back. Sportsnet 960's trade deadline coverage is brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. It may be trade deadline season, but it's time to gear up for another great ball season. Southern Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything you need to be on top of your game is at Tuxedo Source for Sports, 2520 uh, Center Street North. No trades. Last one was uh, Vladislav Nemestikov on his way to uh, the Winnipeg Jets again. Uh, after being traded uh, earlier on this week by the Tampa Bay Lightning to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, the Sharks get a 2025 fourth rounder. Fourth time the Mesta Cubs been traded on deadline day. Oh, we got another trade here. Ooh, it's not a big one. It's a minor league deal. The Habs and Kings making an AHL trade. Sorry to get you excited there. Uh, here's maybe a little bit of a tidbit here. We're By talk- the way, yeah, uh, just to ahead, interject quickly, yeah. I do wonder if Brad Pascal, who is the general manager of the Calgary Wranglers, might swing a deal. Possibly. Uh, the Wranglers have a really good team. Yeah. Uh, I know they made great some moves goaltender. earlier this week. Yeah, and uh, anxious to see if they make a move uh, because uh, they could uh, bolster themselves for a Calder Cup playoff yep. run. And another note, uh, if uh, they won't be, but if uh, Jacob Pelche and Walker Dewar are not sent down by 1 p.m., they cannot play for the Wranglers in the postseason. Just a paper transaction. Yeah. They are, uh, they are, uh, they are flames for the rest of this year, I would assume so. Uh, Pelche, for sure. I, I, would, I would make that paper transaction Yeah, just to give yourself the option. Okay. I th- having spent 13 years calling games in the American yeah. Hockey League and watching how rapidly players develop in the playoffs in comparison That's to the fair. regular season... Uh, I think it would be a great experience for both of those guys also, if, if the Flames end up falling out of the all, race and don't get it. It would just be, yeah, because they could move, they could send them down after the yep. deadline. Yeah, yep. it would just be like, okay, yeah. If it, I, I don't know if they still call it clear day. They used to call it clear okay. day in the AHL, where basically you had to send a guy down just to mm-hmm. make him eligible. Okay. Uh, but that's basically what it is. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that, Derek Wills. Obviously, he knows a lot about the AHL for sure as well. Uh, this, uh, Darren Drager was reporting that Pittsburgh. Maybe was in on JT Miller, that they were closing in on something. But this is, quote, Vancouver just said, we like the offer. We just can't take it because it was draft <laughs> picks. We need a centerman. And frankly, we are not rebuilding in Vancouver. And JT Miller is a big part of our future. So if that report is correct, what the heck are you doing, Vancouver? That contract is going to hurt you for years. I know it will. Well, I was wondering what they were doing when they signed JT Miller to that contract because I think the writing on the wall at that point in time, and it did come to fruition, was that they wouldn't be able to keep their captain, Bo Horvat. I understand where they're coming from, but I think they have to pick a direction here. Now, if they really believe that JT Miller is going to be an important part of their core moving forward and his extension hasn't even kicked in yet, then fine, keep him and build around him. But if he doesn't want to be there or you don't think that he's the type of player that you want to build your team around, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you, you could move him for picks and prospects now and then use those picks and prospects to retool. It was actually a really interesting point that Pat Steinberg made on... Uh, the call-in portion of our Flames Talk post-game show last night, saying, you know, if the Flames were to move some players out, because yeah. they've got a bunch of guys who are really good players who w- next season will be going into the final year of their contract, if you get picks and prospects for those guys and teams are willing to pay a premium right now, maybe it's a sell high and then buy low to replace those players mm-hmm. during the offseason. 
See, my thinking is you don't move those players because you plan to contend again next year, yeah. but if you move them with the intention of bringing in assets yeah. that would allow you to replace those players during the offseason, that's a different way to look at it. So I, I think you have to factor that in with the Canucks as well. Uh, they've They've got some decisions to make. I don't see them rebuilding. I just don't. I don't think that, although... The market, uh, probably, the fan base probably would take it. The, the, the owner, I don't see the owner yeah, doing it. The owner wouldn't do it. Um, I, I have heard a lot of fans say that they want the Canucks to rebuild. Yeah. I just don't know that they're going to. I don't think that they're going to. And I'm not sure that they're in a position to. So They're running the bubble. A retool is probably more likely. Yeah, they're running the bubble really, like, I, I really, I think, messed things up for this group going forward. It gave them weird belief that they were a, a good, I mean, good. Jake Marsham got a big contract out of it. Mm-hmm. Good for him. But elsewhere, it was just, that was a deep run for them and that nobody thought that that was going to happen. And maybe they just thought, Hey, we're, we're, we're kind of close. We're kind of close, but I don't take anything in the bubble. Nowadays, that bubble was weird. And I don't think I take anything in that two, three months of hockey in solace because we're seeing we're real Vancouver Canucks now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Thatcher Demko played out of his mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you get a hot goaltender, you mm-hmm. got a chance to to win mm-hmm. playoff series. Mm-hmm. And and Jacob Markstrom got hurt that year, yeah. and Thatcher Demko came in and yep. was playing at an extremely high level. And they do have a lot of talent. I mean, Elias Patterson yeah. is so much fun to watch. You don't worry about his contract. You can just start negotiating with well, him soon. What are you going to do with, uh, with some of the other guys who are kind of – they're – they're guys who are good but not great, and and maybe you don't want to to keep them long term. They're going to have to make some difficult mm-hmm. decisions. I do like Andre Kuzmenko as a player, mm-hmm. so they've signed him for a couple of more years. So I think that's a good move. Uh, you've got Quinn Hughes locked up for four more years after this one. Uh, you've got J.T. Miller forever. What are you going to do with Brock Besser? Uh, he's a, a player who I like and I think needs a change of scenery, but he's locked up for two more seasons after this one. He was a guy who I thought the Flames could potentially be interested in. Yep. Top six, right shot, right winger, who can score with relative ease. Mm-hmm. Connor Garland is another guy who they've got locked up for three more years after this one. It's a nice hit. Hasn't hit. been a great fit it there. A, it's a nice cap hit, though, with, with a guy that's still... Just under is, five, yeah. That, that's a good, still a younger player, under 30. Plays with pace. He's small, but plays with pace. He's got some skill. So I kind of get... I kind of get Alvin and Rutherford saying like, okay, well, JT Miller was a, you know, he's, he's almost a 50 goal guy last year. It's hard for me to say they should move JT Miller without being uh, aware of what they've been offered for JT Miller. They say they like the deal, but they can't take it. Something along those lines. Yeah, it's, 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 they, I'd like to know what the deal was to weigh in on it. Yeah. It's just, if it was rumored, it was just going to be picks. I think that's kind of where, like, well, we're not, we want to be back in the race next year. And we don't think, but I mean, they just sent out a first that they got from the Bo Horvat trade, which I was like, even if it wasn't going to be a, a decent pick, it was still going to be a, a between a 15 and a 20 pick, probably, yeah. that you get from the Islanders. And I get, they like Philip Ronick. I like Philip Ronick. He's right D. Those are tough to come across. So maybe I, I now, do, do they think that they were a healthy Thatcher Demko away from Possibly. being a playoff team? That that That's one question that I do yeah. have when it comes to the Canucks, and maybe yeah. in the Pacific Division this season. Uh, but I didn't like their defense core from the get-go. No. still don't. No. It, They've that, got some good pieces back there, but not enough of them. I do like the Philip Ronick addition. Mm-hmm. I thought he was an underrated player for the Red Wings. Uh, up front, they've got some talent. That hasn't been an issue for them. They can score. 
but you know, th- th- it's just been a weird season for them between Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin mm-hmm. and the dynamic there. And, and who's running the show? Bruce Boudreau and how they handled that whole situation. Mm-hmm. And then you lose your number one goaltender and don't have a great backup plan. Mm-hmm. It, it's just been one of those seasons. But I guess the question a lot of teams, and, and the Flames would be included in this, have to ask themselves is, when is our window to win? And, and mm-hmm. you've got to be realistic. Are the Canucks going to be in a window to win next season? I don't think so. Maybe they do. And then you have to plan accordingly. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't think that you're a, a year or two away from being in a window to win a Stanley Cup, then it's probably time to rebuild or at least retool and, and start to plan for the future. Where it gets tricky, and I think the Flames are in this position right now, is this team clearly underperformed this season. When yeah. I look at the talent, they should not be on the outside looking in, in my opinion. So I think that they believe that they have an opportunity to have a bounce-back season Mm -hmm. and become a contender next year. So if you trade away a bunch of these guys who have been good players for you and who have one year left on their contracts for picks and prospects for futures, in Mm -hmm. other words, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do with those picks and prospects? Are you going to actually draft players and develop them? Well, that's going to take two, three, four, five years. Prospects, who knows? Depends if they're blue-chip prospects and being close to being ready to play at this level. Yeah. Uh, if they're kind of fringe guys, you, you really don't know mm-hmm. what you're getting or if or when they'll be ready. So you got to figure out when your window to win is, and then you have to try to plan for that, which can be tough for teams to do because you know, sometimes we don't talk enough about how much ownership can impact mm-hmm. what decisions general managers are making. If there's pressure from the top to win now, and I know that there is pressure from the top for a lot of teams to win now because they lost a lot of money during the pandemic, then sometimes general managers yeah. get handcuffed in what they can and can't do. Yeah, uh, Vancouver will be one to watch here. Uh, it doesn't think that they're going to be moving one of the big guys here, but it is uh, an interesting thing to follow for sure. Montreal uh, has supposedly been receiving calls on one Sean Monaghan. Uh, he's been back skating, asking for a mid-round pick. That's a name that still possibly could get moved here for a team that needs a, a you know a decent you know bottom six center that can still play he, if he when he's healthy he can still be a productive guy. I wonder what's happening. Well, they here. already got a first round pick for him, so yeah. whatever they get for him is exactly. just, just adding to that win. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Montreal uh, in on Sean, or trying to get uh, maybe move here, uh, Sean Monahan. Uh, Maybe the, let's talk with the Winnipeg Jets here now. Uh, the last of the Western Canadian teams we haven't talked about yet. Uh, this is a team that's gone, had a really good start. Uh, they got the coach bump from Rick Bonus. Uh, now, you know, they're starting to see a little, maybe you get the Hellebuck fatigue. He's been playing a lot of hockey. Pierre-Luc Dubois is missing some time now. Uh, this this is a defense core that, you know, outside, you know, if Josh Morrissey wasn't having the type of season he was, really how good would this team actually be? It is a defense core that's been kind of, it's been the same for a little bit here, and they definitely want to add, but you get down years from Neil Pionk. Uh, Dylan DeMello's having not the greatest year as well. For a team like Winnipeg, what do you what do you think uh, there? I know they just had Vladislav Nemestikov. They've been in Nino Niederreiter, so they got the scoring depth now, and that's been a little bit of an issue as well lately. They have been, they've been trouble scoring and trying to get shots on net, so that's been good for them getting some forward depth. What do you think they have to do here with the next with uh, about an hour and change or two hours and change here before the deadline? 
little under two hours, I should yeah, say. Yeah, and they do have a little bit of cap space yeah, they to do. work with, so they could make another move. Probably not a major one, but more of a, a minor one. Yeah, it's about a little over a million bucks. Yeah, when it comes to the Jets, I mean, right now they've got, million, sorry. they've got eight defensemen on NHL contracts. Yeah. So they do have some depth there. Logan Stanley, I think he is. he asked the team for a trade, I believe, but also it's like, Logan Stanley, what have you done to actually Well, he, he could probably use a fresh start. Yeah, exactly. That's a guy that's a first-round pick. Great that, size. He's been given the time. Good pedigree. He's been given minutes. He hasn't used them very well. So that's a name. Maybe they move out Logan Stanley for, for some picks, and that would be the name you bring in. You bring in a defenseman that way. I don't know what the market is for Logan Stanley. I mean, Josh Morrissey's had yeah. an unbelievable season. And, you know, he's a good Calgary kid, so mm-hmm. it's good to see. Uh, Nate Schmidt has been rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't the same player with the Canucks that he was with the Golden Knights, yeah. but uh, he's kind of back to being that guy with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Neil Pionk's a good offensive defenseman. Uh, guys like Brendan Dillon and Dylan DeMello are hard-nosed, Hard play against guys. You need those types of players in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I actually quite like the Jets. They've got a lot of skill up front. You know, Kyle Connor is one of the best snipers in the league. Mark Scheifele's had a bounce back season. If Nikolai Ehlers could stay healthy, obviously he'd be really dangerous. Pierre-Luc Dubois has been okay. Blake Wheeler's been better this season than he was last season. Adam Lowry's uh, a really good third line guy. He, he had a... Uh, a good middle six player in Nino Niederreiter. I like that addition. I, I don't love their bottom six outside of Lowry, but they've got a lot of skill in their top six. And this feels like a Jets team that has to win now because mm-hmm. they've got some older players on the roster. Yeah, so they, they've got it, a window here of two years. Yeah. For, uh, for me, it's all about Connor Hellebuck because he can steal games and he can steal the series when he's right. And he's been right for most of the season. Will fatigue be a factor for him? It's something you brought up earlier, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, goalies sometimes do get overplayed, especially when you don't necessarily trust your number two guy. And I'm not sure they have a lot of faith in former Flames goaltender David Riddick. Riddick's so. been good for them. Riddick's been pretty good for them at points this year. He, 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 I think he knows his role in this league now. It's a, it's a guy, and I think a guy that is not going to be relied on to play 30 games a year, 40 games. This guy can play fifteen to twenty, and but it feels like it in Winnipeg with Hellebuck, and you know how good that is. You take you almost take it for granted. Yeah, they, I, I just I, my my point is I don't think they have a lot of faith turning to him. Yeah, if in Hellebuck case something happens. Yeah, was worn out and yeah. were to get injured. Yeah, as a number two guy. Yeah, all day, and it, it's funny because it's a conversation we've had with Flames goaltenders forever. Guys look great as the number two, and you're like, oh, they should be the number one, and then mm-hmm. they become the number one, and they're like, yeah, that's that's. Not a position that, that they should be elevated to. Some guys are just meant to be backups. Yep. David Riddick is one of those guys, and you're right. He's got decent numbers this season, um, but that's as a number two, mm-hmm. uh, not as a number one. So uh, this team will go as far as Connor Hellebuck takes them, in my opinion. We're uh, doing our Sports uh, Sportsnet 960 trade deadline show, and it's uh, brought to you by Sport uh, Tuxedo Source for Sports. Uh, maybe trade deadline season. It's time to gear up for another great ball season. Southern Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything you need to be at the top of your game is at Tuxedo Source for Sports, 2520 Center Street, Northeast. Just to do a little reset there. Uh, we'll get you caught up with some of the trades that have gone through so far. Nothing nothing electric. Uh, day started early. We could probably start last night. Max Domi being sent to the Dallas Stars. That's a big need that they fit. Uh, can be some center depth, some winger depth for them, and some toughness come postseason. Uh, Nick Benino on his way to the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
Uh, that's a guy that they know, they love. Won two Stanley Cups with them, 2016-2017. Uh, so Pittsburgh gets in on the Nick Benino party there. Uh, St. Louis Blues getting Jacob Brana. Uh, Detroit's retaining 50% of his salary. The Blues sent uh, a prospect, Dylan McLaughlin, and uh, 2025 seventh rounder to Detroit. Uh, the New Jersey Devils received Curtis Lazar from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a 2024 fourth round pick. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers and the LA Kings made a swap of tough guys. Zach McEwen, uh, that's a playoff move. That's a that's a move you want to make from come playoff time is getting Zach McEwen on that fourth line. Oh, we got a trade. We got a break trade here. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have just acquired defenseman Dmitry Kulikov from the Anaheim Ducks. I believe he was probably the top defenseman available on the board. Uh, it's a cheap UFA. It's a solid Solid defenseman uh, that he played. We got John Klingberg out there. Yeah, Klingberg is probably the Different next type one. of player, though. Yeah, like uh, the Anaheim D-men, I put probably his number four on my trade list. I combine them. I feel like Kulikov is probably the more attractive one just because of what he is. He can be that third pair guy. And I hate Klingberg's contract. Yeah, the, the contract <laughs> is it's a lot of money. Even if it's just for the this two month run yeah. here, it's still a lot to, to to digest for some teams. And I think they see his play and like. You were supposed to help elevate our young D-man, and you have kind of regressed yeah, I, to the mean. This I, is this is Klingberg kind of betting on himself, and he kind of messed up. I, I do wonder if he would be better on a good team. Yeah. Uh, Dallas, that was a... Probably that, would be. Yeah. But teams that would be interested in making a move for him probably don't have the cap space to do it. Exactly. I mean, it, it is it, only one year, but... If uh, Edmonton didn't a lot of go money. out do it at home... And they were running out. I think that was a name they would have been in on. But is he really much different than Tyson Berry? I, Not I don't really. Think so they're both yeah. offensive defensemen. Then you could have kept Tyson Berry. Exactly. And added John Klingford. Yeah. <laughs> There's Tyson Berry. Yeah, we haven't him. talked a lot about the teams in the East. I know we're in the West. Yeah, and that's no, kind sure. Of we can focus. We can but, totally go. Uh, you know, a team that I'm wondering about is the Senators because the Senators yeah. are four points out of the second wild card spot in the Eastern Conference, but they have. Three games in hand on the Islanders. So the math isn't bad for them. Mm-hmm. They're 7 2 and 1 of their last 10. And that win last night against the Rangers was absolutely massive. Massive. And they're a team that believes that they're not necessarily in a window to win the Stanley Cup, but hey, getting to the playoffs would be huge for that team and in that market. And when you go out and bring in Claude Giroux, you're mm-hmm. not doing that. Unless you think you got a chance yeah. to to get to the postseason, so uh, that was a big move for them during the off season. Uh, obviously, they've had to deal with some significant injuries this mm-hmm. season. Uh, goaltending has been a problem. Cam Talbot has been banged up for a good chunk of the yeah. season. I know they're really high on Mad Showgard moving forward, but probably not ready to be the guy right now. Yeah. But. You bring in Jacob Chikrin. That's a major move. But what I like about that move, and it's what I was talking about even from a Flames perspective, even two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I didn't think the Flames should be involved in the rental market. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly there now. now. But if you can make a trade, I would say this about the Senators and about the Flames. If you can make a trade today that helps you today and tomorrow, and when I say tomorrow, I don't mean tomorrow. I mean next season and down the road, Mm -hmm. those are the types of deals that I would make. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Flames or the Senators are in a position to get into high-priced rentals, but when you bring in a guy like Jacob Chikrin, especially for the price they paid for him, which was nowhere near what the Coyotes said they wanted for him, 
That's a really good move. He's got a great contract. He's 24. Yeah, he fits. should only get better. Should only be better playing for a better team. He fits their Love what they want to do. He's right along the age of all their young defensemen of Thomas Shabbat, Jake Sanderson, uh, Artem Zub. They're all under that 30 mark. Eric Brandstrom's in there as well. I mean, Jake Sanderson's only Yeah, 20. he hasn't worked out. No, he has not worked out, but in, yeah, in a role. He's 23. He might. Yeah. Yeah, especially in that whole in the whole deal with the Mark Stone trade, you figure, yeah, Branch Stone's going. Well, it's funny because if the Flames had been willing to give up Yusuf Alamaki, they'd have Mark Stone. Well, they may have had Mark Stone. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he'd still be here. Yeah, but yeah, that was kind of uh, the sticking point, I believe. And at the time, Eric Branstrom was considered to be one of the top Top. prospects in hockey. Period. And it hasn't worked out, Mm -hmm. at least not yet. Now, as I always say, goaltenders take longer than defensemen, and defensemen. Take longer than forwards, generally speaking, as far as the development process is concerned. And, mm-hmm. you know, Branstrom hasn't played to the potential that many people thought he had yet. But you're right. They've got a lot uh, of good young defensemen on that blue line. Thomas Shabbat's obviously uh, their minute muncher, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who is you know, really skilled and right. has played a lot of minutes and at a pretty high level. Jacob Chikrin comes in, another top pairing type of guy. Uh, it was the, the Jake Sanderson's yeah. uh, really exciting young player, and then you know Artem Zub's kind of a, a workhorse for them. So love Artem Zub, yeah. And then you got Travis Hamonic, the former Flame, who kind of <laughs> one of those replacement level players at this stage of his career. Same can be said for Nick Holden, but they've got some pieces there, and and they're building something. I like that team yep. and, and the direction they're headed in. The it was the agent yesterday who's on uh, in Ottawa on one of their stations. He was talking the agent of Jacob Trick, and and he was saying like Ottawa is a market. Guys want to be, and he, and he credits Brady Kachuk. The guys want to be in Ottawa, mm-hmm. and I think it's a good situation to be a part. You're going to have new owners here in the next couple months. You're going to have plans for a new building here in a few years. Downtown, that's a good group to be a part of, and, and full credit to what Brady Kachuk signing long-term to be there. Good group, man. Tim Stutzla, I, I've bantered this around with, with the boys in the morning. Like, if his passport was Canada, he'd be first overall pick in 2020. I think he would go ahead of Lafreniere. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, yeah, that wasn't a great draft. At least it was not a tough the draft. Top of it, it was a tough draft. There, there was no guy who was obvious. Yeah. Lafreniere seemed obvious, mm-hmm. but um, him, Capocacco. I mean, eh. You're right though, Tim Stutzla. Though, if you were to redraft today, mm-hmm. number one. Probably, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, I would say so too. Yeah, it's they've got some group. pieces there, and uh, and that right. they didn't move a guy like Shane Pinto or Mad Sogard, who are rumored like, oh, you want Jake Trick, Jacob Tricker, and you know it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And that they stood pat and they kept Mad Sogard and they kept a guy like Shane Pinto. That's awesome. And you got Josh Norris, who's out for the rest of the year. But uh, he's a, about a really good young player. Mm-hmm. I, I like that team. And then you got the Maple Leafs, and this is a conversation we've been having this week because they were in town. On Thursday night, the Maple Leafs are a really interesting case study for me because they're a team that I think you could argue is as good now as they've been in a couple of decades. You know, they're a team that has really matured. They've got some elite players, even some generational players in Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. But those guys, they've had to learn how to win Mm -hmm. and how to play the right way. And it took a little bit of time, but I think they're both there. And... They're a team that's had a really good season. Despite having some injuries between the pipes, they've just found a way. The fourth overall, they're one of the elite teams in the league, but they've made a lot of moves. And 
maybe those moves will work out and maybe they won't. Now, I asked Daryl Sutter about it earlier this week. Uh, of course, uh, he has experience having won a couple of Stanley Cups with the Kings in 2012 and 2014. And I just wondered if uh, a team that's been rolling all season long, mm-hmm. uh, are you are you taking a risk making the number of moves that the Maple Leafs have made? And basically what Sutter said was, we won't know until it's all over. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is some risk there upsetting the apple cart because you've got guys who have you know, played and contributed during the season, and then you bring someone in that pushes them down the lineup or out of the lineup, and maybe they're not happy anymore, and that can upset the apple cart inside the dressing room. And you, you spend the season building chemistry and lines and pairings and with your entire group, and you, you risk maybe messing some of that up when you're shipping guys out and bringing other guys in that you don't know. Yeah. So, and maybe it'll all work out for the Maple Leafs, but maybe it won't. And it's funny, Patrick, when you look at the Atlantic division, you know, we've talked all season about what a murderer's row it is. Mm. So the Bruins are going to win it. I mean, they're running away with the president's trophy. Greatest start in the history of the National Hockey League, which says something. Quickest to to 100 ever. Yeah, crazy. And then you've got that first round matchup between two other elite teams. Mm -hmm. Only one team is going to win that series. Mm -hmm. Either the Lightning or the Maple Leafs is going to be out. Yeah, Two teams who are all in, and one of them is going to be out. And then either the Bruins or the winner of that series is going to be out after the second round. So you've got three teams in the Atlantic Division that are pushing all their chips into the middle Mm -hmm. of the table. Only one of them has a chance to win. And that team might not win because you've got three good teams in the Metropolitan Division. You've got some pretty good teams in the Western Conference that are probably going to have an easier path to get to the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to watch what happens. Is it? I, it's probably. It's probably. I probably know the answer for this. But is it? Do you think it would be easy? I know it's never easy losing in the playoffs. But who do you think? Could, who 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 do you think would survive it more? Toronto or Tampa losing it? Who do you uh, think? The could, Lightning. Yeah. Well, because they won two Stanley Cups and yeah. they've been to three straight Stanley Cup finals. Doesn't yeah. it feel like the Maple Leafs have to win a round? Yeah. As, as difficult as that is and going to be for the them, first round. You got it two has more been to get to so the cup. long. You know what? When you win two Stanley Cups in three seasons, as the Lightning have done, mm-hmm. obviously you want to win another Stanley Cup. Sure. You want to get to a fourth straight conference or Stanley Cup final. But if you don't, you've had recent success, and you've had a lot of it. Yeah. The Maple Leafs haven't. Mm-hmm. It feels like they have they just to have. win a playoff series. And if they don't, there might be a price to pay. I think they've got a really good team. But if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. don't you think someone's going to take a bullet here? Well, I do. Yep. It's the GM. He's not getting a deal. Right? Because maybe all these moves that Kyle Dubas has made will work out and they'll mm-hmm. win a series or two or three or four. Maybe. Yeah. But if they don't win one, I think it's going to be really easy to question the number of moves that he's made to what was an already a really good team. Yep. Again, you risk messing with the chemistry that you've spent Especially the season so building. Late. Yeah. And, and again, on paper, they look like a better team. There's oh, yeah. no doubt about it. I'm not questioning that. As we've seen with the Flames this season, they're a really good team on paper, in my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. They haven't been as good a team on the ice. It mm-hmm. doesn't always translate. That's uh, it's a going to be a fascinating conversation for sure. It's a lot of a uh, lot of eggs in Kyle Dubas's basket to see if he can uh, try and maneuver this thing. And that first round opponent is going to be 
a huge Mount Everest task for them. Uh, our sports deadline, our sports deadline, our sports net 960s trade deadline coverage is brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. It may be trade deadline season, but it's time to gear up for another great ball season. Southern Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything else you need to be on top of your game is at Tuxedo Source for Sports, 2520 Center Street. North. I'm Patrick Dema. Derek Wills is with me for another half hour before we give way to Logan Gordon and Peter Labardius. Uh, not a lot happening out in the trade front. Uh, the latest big one is Dmitry Kulikov on his way to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe something happens in the break. But uh, one more half hour to go before Logo and Lou take over. You're listening to our Sports De- Sportsnet deadline coverage here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. A little under an hour and a half to go before the 1 p.m. Mountain trade deadline. Nothing to report from your Calgary Flames. Probably not going to get much from them. GM uh, Brad Tree Living is set to speak uh, shortly after the deadline. Don't know a confirmation time, uh, just approximately probably around the deadline, after the deadline. What do you think he's doing right now? Do <sighs> you think he's working the phones? I He is. I think he's trying it's a, for something. I don't know what's out there left. I mean... Okay, put yourself in Brad Tree Living's shoes. Yeah. What would you do today? Not a damn thing. Not a thing. I am not... I'm not touching anything off this team. I'm not bringing anything into this team. They haven't earned it to go out and get it. I get that. But also, I'm thinking, like we've said all afternoon or all morning here, is this is a group that it's a down year, we think. And this is a year that, you know, next year, yeah, we'd really like Elias Lindo. Oh, we'd really like Tyler Toffoli. Oh, where's Michael Backlund? You know, these are guys, like, we, we talk about, oh, future captains and whatnot, and then we're... I get, I get. It's a business and everything. I just think it, it, the Flames are not in the position right now. It's they're too far along in this process. They they put all their eggs into the Huberto Uyghur basket. They wanted to stay active. They wanted to stay relevant. I right now, March third trade deadline. Bradtree Living does absolutely nothing. What about you? Again, if there was a way that I could improve the team for the present and for the future, I would. Yeah. Take a long look at that. Uh, we threw some names out there yesterday. So the Coyotes have some guys. Yep. Nick Schmaltz would be of interest to me. Mm-hmm. The Canucks have some guys. Besser. Brock Besser and Connor Garland. Less interesting than Nick Schmaltz, but still interesting. Those types of players. If the Flyers fell off uh, of the apple cart and were willing to move Travis Konechny... He's a player who I'd love to get yeah, my hands on. Yeah, Konechny was a guy that I think a lot of, like this team, like like around. Yeah, the team was still a, like we said, like, were they still in a playoff spot? That was a name that yeah, go after Travis Konechny. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg. It's going to cost you a lot. But right now, I just I don't think it's I think it's a guy that Philly really wants to be. He wants to be in Philly. I, I think he Philly likes him. I How think could you not like him? Exactly. I, I it's a, he's an amazing player. Yeah. But sometimes teams do stupid things. Yeah. Trade players that they shouldn't. So y- you never know. So I, I, I agree with you. I suspect Brad Loving is probably working the phones, whether he is uh, calling people or getting calls from people. And it's probably more the latter at this point. Teams are probably trying to figure out if the Flames are willing to sell. I, I just, unless their plan is to 
trade roster players for picks and or prospects that they would use to retool the team during the offseason, then I don't see them being a seller. I don't see them being a team that trades roster players or core players to get picks and prospects who could help them three, four, five, six years down the road. I just, I don't think that fits their window. And it feels like if Carolina was going to make a a big move for one of those guys, those guys with a couple years left on Calgary, like be it to Foley, be it bringing back Lindholm, Backlund, whatever, feels like it would have been done already. Feels like, it feels like. Not necessarily. I I just, I don't see the Flames making one of those moves. Yeah, I don't see it either. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be wrong, but. If you're if you're going to trade one of your core yeah. pieces, you're probably waiting until the last second to do it to, to get, try to get as many teams involved yeah. as you can. Because if there's only one team involved, it's hard to drive the price up. It's hard to create a bidding war. We're hearing Pittsburgh not in on JT Miller. I wonder if maybe them, they're trying to be another team that tries to add more into that you know, a bigger name with some term. I don't mm-hmm. know if they could take term on. I haven't really looked at their cap situation. Looking at some smaller pieces on the Flames? Yeah. I could see Brett Ritchie being a player that a team would be willing to give up uh, a low-round pick for or future considerations for. He's big. He can skate. He's got some edge. He isn't playing right now. So that's a smaller move that you could potentially make. Yeah. Maybe you've seen enough from Adam Ruzitska at this point. Yeah. Um, Trevor Lewis is a player who has won two Stanley Cups who is versatile. He can play all three forward positions to a certain extent. He can play up and down your lineup. He can penalty kill. If I was a Stanley cup contender without a lot of cap space, he would be a guy who I would be interested in potentially. He's certainly a good depth ad. So I could see the flames moving one of those guys. Uh, Connor Mackey is a player who I think needs uh, a change of scenery. If he doesn't get it now, he's probably going to get it in the off season. And as a Chicago area guy, I could see, a player like Connor Mackey on a rebuilding Blackhawks team. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. But as far as big moves go, uh, again, unless you're bringing in a Nick Schmaltz type, yeah. a Travis Konechny type, who can help you now in your push for the playoffs and can also help you next season, then I just don't see the Flames doing anything significant today. Yeah, it's I, easier to make hockey trades in the offseason yeah. than it is on deadline day. Yeah, get it closer to the draft. That's when I think you're going to see these big names go. I mean, I think what we've seen over the last two weeks, let's like say 40 moves. It was before all the moves today, but there were 40 moves made since the O'Reilly deal on February 17th. Wow. The amount of money. Which is kind of the Tyler Toffoli trade this season, right? The one that got the ball rolling? Yeah. Because that one was made on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Yep. What about Milan Lucic? That's a... It's interesting. It's 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 the thing. You're going to have to take some money on him, for sure. If the, the Flames left to retain. But if you're not going to make any moves, you would probably be okay doing that if mm-hmm. you got the right return. Yeah, if you're getting a fifth, sixth round pick for Milan Lucic, I think you're all right. I think I think this if, if Lucic was playing a little bit better like, like he was last year... Or showing a little bit more of a, an offensive bis, a burst, but it's been it's been too many off nights from from Luch. I think it's just not what you want from a Milan Lucic type player. Sure, he's, he's still, still the there. heavyweight champion he's of the still, National Hockey for League, sure. and there's I think, there's still value in that. 
Yeah, Even I mean, we there see aren't LA, a lot of fights in the playoffs. LA going to get Zach McEwen. That's a, that's the be a type of move. Like, yeah, I mean, Luch he does have that pe- the Stanley Cup pe- pedigree, and this was a move. Maybe if Boston didn't go out and get Garnett Hathaway or Tyler Bertuzzi and all that, maybe that would. Luch goes back to Boston. He has a no trade as well. Whether he wants to move, I think if you give him a chance to win a Stanley Cup, I think, yeah, I think anybody would give him a chance. Like, yeah, I'll move for two weeks, mm-hmm. two months, or whatever. It just feels like I don't know if there is there is that interest yeah. for Lucic. Well, what about on defense? Because there has been talk about Noah Hannafin yep. and Nikita Zadorov. A little bit of talk about Mackenzie Weger, and it sounded like the Senators had some interest in him. He's an Ottawa guy. That was before, but, uh, I think that before, was before Jacob Trippard, yeah. obviously. And as soon as that deal went down, I thought, okay, well, the Sens are out. But I, I do wonder about that. And Hannafin for would me, get it would, you a ransom for sure. Oh, and I think Zadorov would get you a, a really good return as well. I know it's been a, a tough stretch for him coming out of the nine-day break, but he was playing like a top-four defenseman in the five-slot for most of the season. Yep. And he's big. And he's physical. Sometimes he tries to be too physical, as we've seen in a couple of games this week. Yeah. Really cost them on the game-tying goal against the Bruins, stepping up to make a an open-ice hit in a 3-2 hockey game, mm-hmm. which led to the 3-3 goal. Last night, they made him mad, and then he started chasing guys around <laughs> and put himself out of position. But, you know, he's a guy who I think teams would love to add. He's got a very reasonable contract uh, this year and next at 3.75 per if someone called you and offered you a first-round pick or maybe a second-round pick and a, a decent prospect, would you pull the trigger? If it's a, I don't know if you're going to be getting a... I don't think it'll be a first... If it is going to be a first, it'd probably be a 24-25 first. Yeah. But if you're getting a 22nd or 23rd second-rounder and a prospect, a decent prospect, I would totally do it. I don't think you're going to get a, be getting a first right away for him. That's just my, my call on him because I just... For me, it's a hard question to answer, Patrick, because I don't know what Oliver Shillington's status is. That's exactly I, it, I'm forward. I'm confident that he won't be back this season. I think we're just too far down the road. Yeah. I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's doing better. And I hope that he's back next season, but I don't know that he will be. And obviously the Flames know and, more than we do. And you've got the cost certainty with, but with guys like Hannafin and left, and, and left shot Zadora defenseman. On really good deals. Yeah, and I mean you could you could do some different things. Uh, you could put Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson back together. And then you could play Oliver Shillington with Chris Tanev like you did last year. Yeah. That was the Flames' top four, and that was a really good top four. And, hey, you also have Mackenzie Weger to factor in. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could play him on a strong side, which I think they'd prefer to do. Yeah. But he's very flexible being able to play at a high level on both sides. So not knowing what's going on with Oliver Shillington kind of handcuffs me. The, the Flames yeah. have more information than we do, and... They probably have a pretty good idea one way or the other what his status will be moving forward. If I knew he was coming back, I think I'd be way more yeah, open to moving, to moving a left-shot defenseman yeah. in Zadorov. But without knowing that, again, he's got a good contract. He's played at a really high level for most of the season, mm-hmm. just not of late. So I, I'm not giving him away for nothing. Someone would have to, mm-hmm. to really entice me to do it. Yeah. Uh We'll see here. I mean, we're about an hour fourteen away from the trade deadline. Hasn't been much here in the in the last few uh, few minutes. Still, some names out there percolating. It just I feels like if we're going to get anything today, it's going to be right at the deadline. We're going to be coming right up to fifteen minutes. But as long as it gets to Central Registry, we'll be still getting trades at like three p.m. today for yeah. sure. Want to ask you this? 
with the Flames and uh, how do I try to phrase it here? Is this a group that in your in your mind with with the, we we know with Brad Tree living, he doesn't have a contract next year. And we talked about the Daryl Sutter thing. Is is it? Is, is Daryl Sutter's the only guy that has a contract out of this entire team next year? Going in the front office, mm-hmm. is it a realistic thing that he you think he's going to be would want to be a general manager again in the NHL? I don't know. If I had to guess, I would say I don't think so. Mm-hmm. When he came out of retirement, when he left the two, farm, picked two teams. He, he said, yeah, go. it was going to be the Blackhawks or the Flames, and that was it. Yep. So you know, he he was content to just keep living his life. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to bring a Stanley Cup back to Calgary. Mm-hmm. And he had some unfinished business with the Flames, is what he told us when he yep. came back for his second stint. I'm sure he's had opportunities to go other places, to do other things. I, I just think that he's got a life outside of hockey. Mm-hmm. And unless it's the right opportunity in the right place, he's not interested. So I, I wouldn't say no, but I, I would be surprised. I, I think he's got a passion for coaching the game. Mm-hmm. And if he had unfinished business when he took the job for the second time, don't you think he still does? 100%. I think I, something that's jumped out. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. All good. All good. He has said a lot in the last two to three weeks, not talking about his team. At least, not directly. But he has said a lot in the last two to three weeks that it takes five or six years to build a team into a Stanley Cup contender. And he said that about other teams. Mm -hmm. But it's left me wondering if he's talking about this team. You know what I mean? Yeah. He talked about the avalanche, kind of having to hit rock bottom, and and over the course of five or six years building up, and talked about the Kings having to go through that process before he arrived there in 2012. And, yeah. you know, then they won two Stanley Cups and had to start that process over. It's very cyclical, right? So I, I do wonder if, in his own way, him saying it takes five or six years to build a Stanley Cup contender is him talking about his team. And if that's the case, when did that process start, in his opinion? Yeah. Did it start when he came back? which was two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. more or less. Did it start before then? Did it start last summer when they made major changes to the core, losing Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk and bringing in Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, and Nazem Kadri? Yeah. When did that process start for this team, in his opinion? Yeah, I think it probably started when he took the job. I think he saw a lot of good here. That's my guess as well. And... I think he wanted to change a lot of things. Like he wanted he the one thing is like we wanted to make home ice better. We wanted to we wanted to make conditioning, the dope, conditioning, getting back to you know it was the simple things in hockey that they weren't doing very good under Jeff Ward. It does feel like it, it, they had they had their. I'm not saying the window is the window is not shut. I'm not I'm saying that it's got as long as these contracts with Markstrom and everything is still as long as you have him in net, your window is going to be open. I just, I don't know if you, like, to build, nowadays, to build a true Stanley Cup contender, don't you have to stare, tear it right down to the wood to really? I don't think so, and I think the Rangers are a perfect example. Do you consider them to be a Stanley Cup contender? I do. Yeah. They've got 
an elite goaltender. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of skill, mm-hmm. but they're also hard to play against. Yeah. I, I think they have everything that it takes to win, and it wouldn't shock me if they did. Yep. As a matter of fact, they're my dark horse to win the Cup this year. Mm-hmm. And they've they've kind of just retooled on the fly here. Remember, they sent that letter yeah. to their season ticket holders and corporate yep. partners. This ain't going to be what long. was that? Was that two years ago? Three years ago? It wasn't long. Wasn't it was that just long before ago, Lafreniere. Just right? before they got Lafreniere. They didn't. And Alexi Lafreniere's he's a decent player at this stage of his career, and he's getting better. He's a young player, and he's developing. Felt like he got. But there. he's not a franchise changing player. No. He's not Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not Austin Matthews. He's not that type of player. He's he's a complimentary. Middle six guy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, we won the draft lottery and we got Lafreniere and that's going to turn our franchise around. That's not what's yep. happened there. They, yep. They've been smart in the way they've gone about their business. But I'll also say this. They're in a position that the Flames and a lot of other NHL teams aren't in because that is such an appealing place for players to play. Yep. Yep. And when you get Adam Fox basically for free, <laughs> when you get a Norris Trophy winner basically for free, yep. that helps. When Patrick Kane says, there's only one place I want to play. Yep. And you basically paint the Blackhawks into a corner where they have to take whatever you're offering them because there are no other places that he'll wave his no move for. Yeah, That gives you an advantage. The Rangers have an advantage over most of the teams in the league. Mm-hmm. There are some other teams that I w- would fall into that category for me. The Lightning are a team yep. because of the success that they've had, because of the market that they're in both as far as weather is concerned and taxes are concerned. Yep. I think Dallas could be that market. The tax well, the, situation the, the, in Texas is good. Yeah. The, the reason the Lightning are yeah. is because they've got everything you would want. Exactly. And as a result, you get to keep your players at a lower price. Mm-hmm. When there's no state tax, you don't have to give the guy as much money for him to yeah. make as much money. You know what I mean? So yeah, No, exactly. So I don't think you have to tear it down to the studs, and I don't think the Flames are in a position to do that, even if they wanted to. How are they going to do that? You've got six more years of Nazem Kadri. Mm-hmm. You've got eight more years of Jonathan Huberdeau. Yep. You've got eight more years of Mackenzie Wieger. Yep. You've got three more years of Rasmus Anderson. You've got four more years of Blake Coleman. You can't tear this thing down to the studs. Yeah. There's no way. Nope. you got three more years of Jacob Markstrom. You, you've got a, a solid base to work with, to mm-hmm. build on. So what they need to do is probably tinker a little bit. Yep. And they've got to allow the new players to really settle in. And, and I even wonder about Nazem Kadri, and he's been better than Jonathan Huberto. There's yep. no doubt about it. You know, he's scored 20 goals again, and he's probably going to get to 50 or 60 points. But his game has really fallen off for me. And I wonder if... There's been a bit of a Stanley Cup hangover. He was a guy who had to play an increased role with the Avalanche last season mm-hmm. when Nathan McKinnon went down. He became their number one guy. Yep. And then he got hurt in the playoffs and had to battle back and was important for them in that that run to the Stanley Cup. So I, I do wonder if, if that's hampered him a little bit mm-hmm. this season. As far as Jonathan Huberto is concerned, he's a way better player than what we've seen. Yep. And again, I said this earlier, I'll say it again. Bad players have, or good players have bad games, and sometimes good players have bad seasons. He's had a bad season. Yep. But quite often, when a guy joins a new team, it, it takes him a year to get really get settled into the city and settled in with his new team. And and I really think that Huberto will be better next season than he's been this season. Yeah. Um, 
And Mackenzie Weger, I, I think, has settled in nicely. He's playing at a really high level right now. I think he's playing his best hockey as a member of the Flames. Overall, I think he's one of the better defensive defensemen in the league. Yeah, so he's been trending in the right yep. direction. So they've got a good group of players to work with and to build around here. They're probably going to have to do some tinkering. And you have to hope that uh, all of the adversity that you faced this season, that at least some or most mm-hmm. of it goes away next season. You know, uh, even a happy medium between <laughs> last season when nothing went wrong yeah. and this season when everything's gone wrong. Yeah. Just somewhere in the middle a there, middle. you know? Yeah. Don't lead the league in goalposts and crossbars hit. Yeah. That'd be a good start, <laughs> right? Well, uh, thank you so much, Derek, for uh, joining me for the last couple hours. Uh, we're going to give away to uh, Logan Gordon and Peter Labardius. Uh, they'll try and make sense of what's happened today. Not a lot. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Flames here over the next hour or so. I want to thank... Uh, uh, Tuxedo Source for Sports for covering our trade deadline. Uh, it may be trade deadline season, but it's time to gear up for another great ball season. Southern Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything you need to be at the top of your game is at Tuxedo Source for Sports, 2520 Center Street North. For Derek Wills, for everyone involved in the production, Alex Brody, Cam Cameron here as well, Cameron Hughes, GVP. Every, there's a lot of people in that room. I mean, there's a lot of, lot it's of jammed people. in there. It's a jammed room and it's a small studio. We're going to get out of here. Uh, Flames and Wild tomorrow. We'll Big be on, game. Yeah. Biggest game of the year. Massive. We'll be on there at 7 o'clock with Flames warm up. 8 o'clock. Puck drop with Derek and Lubo. Keep it right here. Sportsnet 960. The fan.